And it is the Withline Podcast. I am your host, Paulie G, back with you for another episode uh, of all things uh, coronavirus, COVID-19, lockdown and bunker life as we know it or as we're coming out of it. And I am joined uh, once again by Ryan MS. Uh, how are you going, Ryan? Good, mate. How are you? I'm doing well. Um, New South Wales, as of, uh, I believe, today, Friday, um, we're lifting the restrictions um, as far as people that can come to the home. So why, what better time than to maybe talk about flattening the curve versus eradication or, or the Swedish mo- model of herd immunity and just the various different approaches some of these countries around the world are taking and delving into it a bit deeper. Yep, sounds like a plan. Well, we'll start, I guess, Australia, where we did go through the, the lockdown, maybe a bit later than, than we could have, maybe with the, with the Ruby Princess debacle aside, but other than that, fairly successfully. But now looking to re- reduce some of these restrictions and, and just looking at flattening the curve rather than eradication. Um, what was your thoughts in regards to this? I know you're in the ACT and no more cases at all. Um, in the ACT, so whether you know you're keeping some form of lockdown within the the territory, or whether even that's going to get um, lifted, what what do you make of what's happening there? Um, well, look for ACT. Um, it's going to stay as it is for the for a little while, and it's yeah. just due to the fact that we're bordered by New South Wales uh, um, in every in everywhere, and there's a lot of like little little satellite towns. So you've got Queanbeyan. Yeah. And then you've got like Murray and Bateman and a few of the like surrounding ones where it's very difficult. Yeah, you could close the borders and not let anyone in and everything could go back to exactly how it was. But it wouldn't work that way because because of how it is. You're not an island sitting alone. Um, and yeah, and the fact is people need to travel in and out of um, people who don't live in Canberra need to travel into it for work for those people coming into work and all that kind of thing. And Australia, in general, still keeping the states, um, I guess, boarded, not not ACT because, like you said, with New South Wales, but besides that, um, but maybe even if this goes well with some of the travel, I know Queensland looking to, you can now do travel up to 50 kilometres. Um, so maybe if those things continue to, you know, the scalebacks of the social distancing rules um, continue to not see increased cases or... or um, a large and exponential increase in cases, then perhaps some of the other restrictions could be lifted as well. But at this stage, still probably not likely for a little while, I'd say. Yeah, I agree with that. I think um, I think it was uh, Queensland hadn't um, had a new case, um, I think, for seven days, something like that yeah, they've at the moment. Um, back. So I, I think that... And, and I, I think we saw it with the beach... Uh, I think it might have been Bondi um, being open from what was it six a.m. to nine a.m. and everyone flooded to it. Uh, I think the case is that 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 gives you a basis. Like people are gonna people want to do these things obviously because they want to get back to what they normally do um, in their life, but you can't let them have that have that rain just yet. Yeah, yeah. So, so perhaps if we were to say when we first went into lockdown, look this would be the end result that in May we're going to ease things and there might be another um, increase in the curve. But 
we'd kind of successfully flattened it so life can somewhat go back to normal, we'd probably say, oh, great. But the reality is with how few new cases we're seeing around the whole country now, there is an opportunity potentially to go to eradication. And I guess I, I sort of wanted to talk a little bit about New Zealand because they're um, committed to the total elimination of the transmission within the country and I think they have gone to a stage three which is what most of um, the states of, in Australia have already been on but they were on a stage four up until I think a couple of days ago and um, what do you make of that sort of if maybe if Australia had, had gone a little bit harder a little for a little bit longer and then being able to eliminate it entirely, or do you think just with test, you know, not being able to do full testing, that there'd still be enough cases out there that this is the better way, and, and maybe the the app that we haven't really talked about yet on the show, but it might be a good topic for next week. Um, you know, the, the contact tracing app and some other methods of contact tracing is is good enough so we can start getting back to some form of normality. Yeah, I think it's the testing more than anything else, mm-hmm. because if you can't. Yeah, if you didn't, you don't, and we didn't at that stage have the capability to do the amount of testing that is happening now. And so it was a bit difficult to get that, get that kind of uh, balance, I guess, um, because I know South, South Australia today, or not today, but um, this, today was the end of their two weeks. Um, where they did yep. uh, a hell of a lot of testing. I think it was, ended up being 57,000 people or something like that. Um, and they're going quite well. I, I think they've also record, they recorded um, a number of days without a new case as well. So, yeah, that, that obviously could work, but the amount of tests that were available at the time, I don't think it would have worked. Um, as for now, I think... Well, I think they're going to continue down the down the flattening path, but it's getting to a stage where there's some places where there is nothing, nothing some new happening. Be eradicated. The thing with New Zealand is, is that a lot of the, um, I guess, economists are saying that the, the Australia might be a downturn of sort of six to eight percent. New Zealand could be up to twenty percent downturn in the next quarter, based upon the fact that they took those heavier restrictions. Obviously, in in Australia, places like your takeaways um, are still open, you know, and and there's a lot of sort of things that maybe they could have even been a bit stricter. But, but by keeping them open, some form of the economy has still been ticking over. So, I guess that's that's the argument, the pro in, in just going for flattening the curve. Obviously, eradication means that once you're eradicated, well, you can open life back up per normal as long as you're not opening the borders. So that would be the question we've talked about NRL returning, whether that would be possible under the old environment that we talked about. Probably isn't. But maybe if we're so close to elimination, and maybe it is possible now. May 28 doesn't seem so unreasonable. Let's look at some other countries and what they've done. Singapore, well, they went early. Um, and they were able to contain it. But then when they opened things up, like Australia is about to do, they had a second wave. So I guess that's the next concern, Ryan. What if in this country you have a second wave? Would it mean that after a couple of weeks, the governments would say collectively, no, we're going to re-lock down to where we are um, as of sort of last week? Yeah, look, I I think that's what will happen um, if, if they do that. Yes, they are lifting some things, but I, I think... I mean, this is just a personal, a personal opinion, but I, I think possibly keeping it a little bit, a little bit more closed, just for that 
bit longer so you don't get that second wave because once you get that second wave, then everything goes back and then you basically got to restart everything again. Once yeah. you get past that second wave and you've got to make sure that you can be guaranteed that after that second wave hits that they're going to be more gun-shy of opening it up early in case there's another spike. Well, let's have a look a bit closer at Singapore. And um, a country of just over um, or almost 6 million, so quite a lot less than Australia, about a quarter of Australia's population. And um, only the 14 um, deceased, 15,000 confirmed cases, however. So a much bigger, um, much, much bigger confirmed cases in Australia who are standing just under 7,000. And then if you look at that, per population, 0.267% of the population infected as opposed to Australia, 0.026, so much less in Australia. But our death rate is double Singapore, both very, very low in comparison to some countries, but 0.0002% for Singapore, 0.0004% for Australia. Now, what happened in the second wave in Singapore? There were some um, warning signs, I guess, that that the second wave could hit with the easing of restrictions. They have more than 300,000 migrant workers and they're living in not the best conditions, I guess you could say, and it wasn't really addressed. And so some of the um, virus spread quite quickly in those areas where people are living in mass um, close uh, proximity, close quarters. And uh, once it sort of hits there, we know that some of the... um, People have been talking about, some of the experts have been talking about uh, how in Australia that um, one thing we've been lucky with is it hasn't hit our prison communities, hasn't hit too many nursing homes because that certainly could make it a lot, lot worse. Um, In Singapore, you know, once it hits some of those um, areas where a lot of people are living in very close proximity to one another, that's when it really um, got away from them in that second wave. So there will be things to watch out for um, as we open up and, and relax some of these restrictions. Then we go alternate Right, and I wanted to talk about Sweden. It's getting a lot of, um, I guess, um, coverage, whether you're on Facebook, whether you're looking on news items on the internet via your phone or or watching the news and the more traditional approaches. Um, But they've basically said, we're just going to let it ride. And um, they've, I mean, they have some sort of recommendations and they're saying not to sort of be in groups of more than 50 and... You know, be careful, I guess, but um, but not the same restrictions. But their death rate significantly higher. We talked about Singapore 0.0002 and we're 0.0004. Well, they're 0.0244, so a population of um, just over 10 million. But 0.2% have confirmed have uh, had the disease and 0.024 death. 2,400 might not sound as much as some of these countries like the UK, Spain, Italy, and of course the US but it is a much smaller population. And considering that their neighbouring countries didn't get it near as bad, and countries like ours and New Zealand, um, maybe potentially this method, um, while it's helped for their economy, does seem to have a much, much higher death rate. Yeah, look, look it does. And I was just looking at the um, the closed cases, so the cases that have been either recovered or, um, or have resulted in death. Um, and... Of the of those cases that have been you know closed, whether they recovered or not, um, the deaths accounted for seventy one percent of that, and the yeah. recovery is only twenty nine percent. So some of that could be lack of um, sort of doing the adequate 
testing of people that have recovered because they might not need to sort of monitor them anymore from a health perspective, but more just for a data um, or learning perspective, yes. Yep. But it's still interesting to see. And and I guess to talk about herd immunity, do we really know whether this virus is going to be able to be... Um, be able to be immune from it because we don't know if people are getting it for a second or even third time um, because it hasn't been around long enough to do the studies. There has been some isolated cases where it's suggested that people have got it again, but maybe without symptoms, but they could they could just be that they're still finding traces when they're doing the test and it might not actually be a second um, infection, so to speak. Yeah, well, that's the thing. In the early days of this, I was reading up and they, they seemed to think that once you had it, and you couldn't get it again because you would have enough, well, yeah, I guess enough of the traces of the virus in your bloodstream to build up an immunity to it. But, yeah, as you've just alluded to, there's been some cases where some people have got it, but then, as you said, the data is just isn't, there isn't enough to say, yes, okay, if you get this, you're not going to get it again for the next you know, 20, 30 days or whatever the case may be, six months. Uh, so, therefore, the human herd immunity will work, there's just not enough details to say, okay, well, now you've got it, you've recovered from it, then, you know, everyone can just, you know, go and, um, yeah, I'll go on with life in general. It's not going to be that simple. And, and if you look at what Health Minister Greg Hunt said recently, um, three tests to pass before these restrictions end, a sustained decrease in cases, rapid response capabilities and um, a clear exit plan to gradually reopen business. So we may see that over the next couple of weeks, but everyone stay safe, don't go overboard, listen carefully to the advice, and yes. um, we'll work our way through this gradually. And let's hope that in two, three weeks' time, we're not back into another lockdown, but instead we're easing even more restrictions. I want to talk about the app, but we'll have to do it um, maybe next week, if we could get you back again next week at some point, Ryan. Yeah, no um, problem. We pretty much ran out of time. Just tell all our listeners where they can find you, definitely, with, while we're still in bunker life and lockdown life, because um, <laughs> I reckon it'd be a good time to watch some watch some movies. Yes, um, you can find all the stuff about um, horror at um, HaddonfieldHorror.com. Uh, lots of news today, um, as well as a review coming on a... Um, uh, like a first, a first people, so a um, Native American uh, zombie film called Blood Quantum, um, which was really, really quite bleak. Um, excellent, <laughs> um, and had a, um, of course, had a like all zombie movies had an allegory uh, to go with it. Nice. And I am your host, Paulie G. You can find me on Twitter at Listen to Paulie G. P A U L I E G. And I uh, hope you enjoy your weekend. And we'll be back again next week with more with Lime. Bye for now.